0: Welcome to the Dixie Polis Podcast. My name is Lucas. And I'm Travis. We're Southern men, de the South. Alright, so today we're going to get into Dabney's essay on women's rights women. Now, as kind of a preface to this, I want to acknowledge that I kind of appreciate the fact that Dabney's saying... Women's rights women, uh, and he gives a an example of such a kind of woman in the latter part of this essay, which we will get to, but he's bringing together an entire perspective of a group of people, which I think is helpful in the larger context because we've lost the context of the word race. And this essay is a perfect uh, example of how that word was used and how it was not used. The word race was used not to denote biological identity, he was talking about the people who inhabit a particular tradition and live out that tradition. And so here here's a great example of, of how this word was used. He says, When families shall be disrupted by the caprice of either party, and the children scattered as foundlings from their hearthstone, it requires no wisdom to see that a race of sons will be reared nearer akin to devils than to men. The word race was used in reference to a lot of different people groups. Davis, in his defense of the South, used the word race when talking about both the North, the Northerns and the Southerns. And he called them the race of Yankees and the Southern race. And this was not exclusively talking about a biological reality, but talking about the people who hail from a particular tradition. It's easy to forget the biological differences of the people in the South. The fact that they were all European does not take away from that fact. They were Irish, they were English, they were German, There were Scots, there were even some Spanish and Portuguese influence as well towards the South, especially in Florida and in what's now Texas. So it's important to remember that what what who dabney is talking about is a race of people in this classic sense of the word these people who are trying to make a particular I, I, ideology a reality and the, the the people as he termed it and in fact the they have termed it themselves is the radicalists Now, radicalism, I I would like to let them speak for themselves, because they hail from this tradition. The belief or actions of individuals, groups, organizations who advocate for thorough or complete social and or political reform to achieve an alternate vision of American society. This is the radicalism movement, and this is what Dabney is talking about, and he is expositing how the radicalists of the North had so compromised themselves that when these unruly women would stand up demanding their right to vote, that this was because they accepted universal suffrage both for whites and for blacks. And he talks about this throughout the essay. The way that Dabney would have seen legitimate voting would be the voting of higher class landowners who had earned their station. And he did hold that blacks were incapable of voting, and that is largely due to their subservience to whites, that they were not educated and they were not capable because of their lack of education, or even intelligence, because I do believe he thought blacks to be of inferior intelligence, uh, of, of voting properly. Now, whatever you want to say about um, the intelligence of blacks, I think there's a lot of black people with the intelligence to vote properly. And I think that there were some people in Dabney's day that were intelligent enough to vote properly that were black. But the majority of the people who were black in that time did not have a basic education, much less the ability to understand who they should vote for or how they should vote in a particular election or for a particular law. And he's saying because they expanded the voting rights beyond this limited framework of a specific group of people who are educated and competent enough to actually be aware of the, the social ramifications of their actions, that now they had to, by necessity, allow women to vote. And he, he touches on a lot of different ills that we have in our society today, the ineffectiveness of conservatism, which we'll get to, um, and the the way effectively that men are cucked by this movement, the women's rights movement. Um, now, I wanted to preface this with those clarifications, because a lot of times the word race is thrown around, number one, and people aren't using it as Southerners during this time would have used it, they were not Darwinians. They did not believe in Darwinian evolution, and so they didn't hold to this radical biological necessity, uh, the, this this radical biological definition of race that we ho- we have today. They held that it was a a group of people that came from a particular tradition. And the second part was. The wider scope that he's dealing with here, and the ramifications, and and I think that, that Dabney very well proves his point, with a few caveats.
1: So, yeah, I mean, once you start devolving these these social hierarchies down to um, allowing you know universal suffrage and and not having you know cutoff points for who can and cannot participate. Within these local uh, elections or state elections, et cetera, uh when we start saying that anybody, even the non contributors can have a say in how they're governed, even though they're not actually importing their wealth into the community it's it's just bound to determine that they're just going to keep devolving these standards for for who what it takes to actually vote and make decisions. And, and then it just becomes a popularity contest like we see today, um, rather than people who are invested in their, their community, their nation, their state, uh, actually making decisions on how things operate.
0: Right. And I, I unfortunately, I think that uh, there's going to be a good portion of this episode that's going to be rehashing current events and i think that's going to be somewhat accidental I, i we didn't really intend for this to happen that way um but what dabney's talking about is terribly relevant to what we're going through currently
1: um well 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 right i mean a lot of the things that we're seeing in you know, in the public today is it comes directly from letting the woman vote. Um, Even even I would dare say, you know, no fault, divorce, homosexuality, uh, sodomy, abortion on demand. These all are fruit like a man would never actually think of these things and and want to to do them like abortion is not something that a man would advocate for, uh, especially not one that is invested in their community. But once you start devolving to the lowest level at who can have a say in the government? It's it's just starts becoming, you know, downhill from there, as they say.
0: Right. And so there there's two primary attitudes that Dabney is attacking here. Uh the first is there's an opportunistic element to the universal suffragettes um the the ones he calls uh the the female of both sexes and which i thought was a a great jab by the way um it made me chuckle quite heartily even my wife got a little little tickled at it so there's this opportunistic element of that that he called the uh, the, the The females of both sexes that simply want to extend in perpetuity the number of people and the kinds of people that can vote, and this extension is without limit and part of how they maintain their power is by expanding this ability to vote and what you're seeing now uh, currently as we're recording this episode. You're seeing that there are thousands and tens of thousands and possibly hundreds of thousands of people on the border right now that the Biden administration wants to let into the country. This is the argument that the left has been giving in the United States for some time. And they want illegal immigrants to have the ability to vote because there are people governing them without, quote-unquote, their consent. So this new view of equality that's being espoused here is this radical universal equality that everybody is equal by necessity under the law. And this was the, the position that was taken by the northern radicals during the war. After they've made this argument, now they're committed to the argument. When they made the war about slavery, about midway through, when Lincoln made this about slavery, that is when they were committed. And the radicals in the North, the abolitionists in the North, are and will be in perpetuity continuing to expand on who can vote and why they can vote. So you can see this direct lineage from illegal immigrants being able to vote, from the women being able to vote. It's a natural continuity from that term of logic.
1: Isn't that just an absolutely rich uh, uh, concept, the consent of the governed? Like, they, they they, say that these women shouldn't have the right to vote, but yet when Virginia didn't consent, Dabney makes the point, when Virginia didn't consent, uh, the, the damned Yankee uh, invaded Virginia and forced them to consent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i mean pe- people that people that were being governed were like yeah we kind of want to govern ourselves and we consent to this but then but then big daddy lincoln's just like no 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 you're gonna come back in here whether you like it or not but anyway we're gonna free you against your will yes yes and and yeah and the thus causing you know millions of people to die needlessly Uh, all because, you know, Lincoln had a pride issue. Uh, so I think we need to go back to the original, um, formation of this, this entire, uh, radicalized, uh, movement that, that, that took hold in America after the war between the states. And it, it started before that. It really started, you know, a hundred years before that, but we're not going to go all the way back to, uh, to the, um. Defense of Women's Rights—that that book that was published by uh, Mary Wollstonecraft, I think that was her name. Uh, we're we're just going to go back to pre-invasion, you know, Antebellum, uh North, uh, where that there's this th- there's this entire enlightened sense of thinking that the Yankees had. They felt that they knew better than the people in the past. So so Dabney starts off with this this anecdote. About this this young Yankee girl who wants to get married young, so she goes talks to her mama. Her mama says, uh, no, you, I got married young, and I don't want you to make the same mistakes as me." And the Yankee girl says, "Well, maybe I want to make this mistake myself just to see, you know, just to know whether I want to or not." And uh, no one seems to want to learn from past experiences. Which, by the way, I'm I'm 100% pro getting married young. You should get married young, and you know. Go ahead and get your life started as soon as possible, because, anyways, as
0: a as a quick aside, I'll take the John MacArthur approach. Uh, he once he once said in a, a sermon about marriage that he would line all the men up on one side and all the women on the other, and just tell them to pick somebody.
1: Uh, I'm I'm actually okay with that. I mean, yes, there's certain things like yeah, maybe I want to live with someone that doesn't have certain quirks, but. It it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. You're you're not you're not yeah. supposed to like them. You're supposed to love them.
0: Well, he said that the the point is that marriage is going to be a refiner's fire, anyways. So you might as well marry somebody at random.
1: <laughs> yeah, because they're not the same person once you get married. That's at right. all.
0: That's right. That's all. Anyways, go ahead. I apologize.
1: But but yeah, like the the, the whole philosophy of the damn Yankee. Is to uh, can we say damn Yankee on this podcast? We're going to say damn Yankee on this podcast. I'm I'm okay with damn Yankee. I'm going to mark it explicit. <laughs> but 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 the entire thing about about the uh, the whole mindset of the Yankee is is all of we need to try these new and newfangled uh, ideas because they've never been tried before and they don't ever actually stop to think on, why hasn't these ideas been tried before? Maybe it's because they're stupid. Like, maybe trying to, you know, salt fields and burn, burn you know, crops is not a good way to establish good relations with, you know, these people that you just conquered. Um, yeah, maybe, you know. maybe
0: burning crops isn't the best way to make a lot of food.
1: Oh Well, yeah, that, that's also true. Um
0: Yes, that was both the shot at the Biden administration and FDR at the same time. At me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, But anyways, anyways.
0: Modernity is sourced from this desire for ever more novelty. Everything has to be novel. And the problem with this is that it just becomes more degenerate. You lose value. By just becoming more and more novel It is the stories, it's the art. it's the philosophies that hail back to those ideas of old, the ancient ideas which are the ones that are most successful and the most virtuous. And you know, here Dabney's Aristotelianism kind of speaks out a little bit. Um, as it does in a few other portions here because he he's in effect saying that these people are ultimate revolutionaries there is no tradition that they don't want to destroy this is why i started with that, that that definition of radicalism is it it's there is no you know and according to their own uh documentation there there is no stated end to which they want to radically change The end is irrelevant. It is change unto itself that's become an idol to them. It's this novelty. And the social deconstruction of all of the institution of the West, which have been the targets of every major political movement on either side, mind you, that is their goal. And it doesn't matter what they're changing it to. The radical egalitarianism um even to the point of uh anti-white hatred now this is where they're going with CRT um it it doesn't matter what they're replacing it with they will pick any radical doctrine so long as they are the 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 engines of change itself and this is this is the darwinian approach by the way because it is their stated uh, it is their stated purpose uh it is their stated philosophy that change is that which brings the most benefit. And this follows from a Darwinian position, because the Darwinian position is that change, macroevolution, is the engine of life. It's that which has produced all of the diversity of life that you see today. Which, in reality, if you see, if you see that kind of change in organisms they usually have developed some cor- some form of cancer or they're usually degenerating very quickly because of some cancer or some kind of pollution or some kind of radiation that's destroying their ability to continue as a species
1: all that to say is as radicalism as cancer yep. um well it, huh.
0: it's 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 cancer coupled with nuclear plant levels of radiation yeah it it is both cancer and it glows in the dark.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, and I think that's a good way to put it. You know, talking about the uh, linking it back to their their evolutionary standards. I mean, it, it's not whether or not you you know it, evolution is is a co, is a complete worldview that that has to fit somewhere. And if taken to the logical conclusion, then it's all this mechanistic radical. Uh trying something new for the sake of something new to just to kind of see what sticks and um it it should really be no surprise that that now now we've been totally indoctrinated by not only evolution but also un- you know, the idea of universal suffrage, not only just universal suffrage but universal egalitarianism um you know, my pastor often says that in most churches, you walk in and say, ask, why is there a woman behind the pulpit? And most are like, what do you mean, why? That's just the way things are. One of the biggest things is, is women try to throw off any sort of sort of government that they had. Uh, first, you know, the fathers and, and the husbands were supposed to be the gover- the governor over them. Uh in a very real sense, like the the magistrate in the civil realm was not over the woman uh, for the most part. It was the man like that was he was the protection for her to the outside world, because as I mentioned earlier, politics is 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 war and women aren't warriors. So men were to be the warriors on the women's behalf in the public sector so so really it's just an you know that trying to get rid of this protection that they had so that they might could stand toe to toe with men and um women make terrible men and men to make terrible women so
0: yes well and and, and again i mean it, the the way that dabney presents a society on how society should be built um you know part of this is his um condemnation of any black voting and you know, I'll have to say that this is one area in which I disagree, because I think that there are people who are competent enough, in the classical sense of competence. When you when you go back to, uh, the the Greek, building of the polis, as as Dabney is doing this, there are, of course, people from any uh, uh ethnicity who are fully capable of understanding and competently deciding on what laws should be passed and what laws shouldn't. But the way that society has been built traditionally, and especially in the West, was built on this idea of hierarchies, and not just social hierarchies, but civil hierarchies. So, what Dabney is responding with is this conception where there are people who just shouldn't vote, because they don't have the capacity to vote. So, literary tests, for instance, Uh, was once part of the requirement to vote. You had to know civics. You had to know how to read a law and understand what's being spoken of in the law. And these are legitimate barriers for people who are trying to vote and who want to vote. But if they can't understand what's being voted upon, then why would you trust their vote? This goes down to, uh, you know, homeless people, for instance. The homeless people who, uh, uh, and, and I, I want to specifically target, because there, there is an element of, of, of people who are homeless because of legitimate hardship. But there's also a bunch of homeless people, a lot of homeless people, more than people think, that are homeless by design. They want to be homeless. They don't want the, the trappings of a home. And we would give these people equal weight at the ballot box as we would as you know someone who owns property and is a good diligent steward of that property. So Dabney's conception of, a, of, of Dabney's conception of civil authority comes from those people who are competent and capable, and they have the virtue of a statesman to actually fulfill that role.
1: right and and having a stake in society is it's 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 having a long term future i mean when we start getting in the the more uneducated the more uh the ones that are not qualified to actually have a say in in the public realm then we start getting into popularity contest where any like okay for instance a uh, one of my nephews is running for class president and do you want to know how he's going to win class president because he's given out candy? Yes. And and that it just magnify that times a thousand. And now you have, you know, people handing out $1200 checks if they're going to get elected. Or Andrew Yang, you're going to get $1000 a month with my um universal basic income. All right. Yes. So
0: <laughs> Well, and and this has been the accusation of you know, the Republican Party on the left, is that you're just going to pay people to vote for you. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. But I have to read this quote. It may be inferred again that the present movement for women's rights will certainly prevail from history of its only opponent, Northern conservatism. This is a party which never conserves anything. Its history has been... That it demurs to each aggression of the progressive party and aims to save its credit by a respectable amount of growling, but always acquiesces at last in the innovation. What was the resisted novelty of yesterday is today one of the accepted principles of conservatism. It is now conservative only in affecting. It, it is now conservative only in affecting to resist the next innovation, which will tomorrow be forced upon its timidity and will be succeeded by some third revolution, or be denounced then and then adopted in turn. No doubt, after a few years, when women's suffrage will have become an accomplished fact, conservatism will tacitly admit into its creed, and thenceforth plume itself upon its wise firmness in opposings with similar weapons the extreme of baby suffrage. And, and when, that too shall have been won it will be heard declaring that the integrity of the american constitution requires that at least the refusal of suffrage to asses there there it will assume with great dignity its final position now the republican party is northern conservatism as defined by dabney right now we have we've just had elections and the republican party is quite literally advocating for trannies and whores to be our political spokespeople. They 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 want a, a man who is denying the biological reality of his manness and has cut off his genitalia as a Republican governor for California. And we have actual porn stars that are political spokespeople, spokeswomen, for the Republican Party and advocating for certain policies and and candidates. And the Republican Party, as of this last election, is acting as if this is normal. This has always been the accepted position of the Republican Party.
1: When not even five years ago, they were still hesitant on the gay question. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I remember in my lifetime, I remember in my lifetime when the Democrats said no gay marriage, you know, when Bill Clinton signed Dolma. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Defensive marriage. Yeah. Oh, now, now we're, we're just at full blown. We're hiring trannies on people's cabinet positions. We're voting for trannies as the quote conservative candidate. What the f- What?
0: <laughs> it's hard not to swear at this. I'm I'm right there with you, buddy. I I I get it.
1: What on earth are we trying to conserve? I mean, it's it's like you 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 mentioned earlier that uh that that we're addicted to change. Well, the problem is is the, the democrat. Excuse me, the Republicans. They're changing, but they're just they're just getting the Democrats' hand-me-downs. They're yeah. not even ha- they're not even having anything new. They're just getting, you know, 10-year-old toys.
0: Well, because they've already acquiesced to the basic premise of the Democratic Party. They're, yeah. they're just the Democratic Party 10 years late. And,
1: well, and hold, hold on. Let, let me just go ahead and make this statement out here. The Republican Party has never been the conservative party. They, <laughs> they, they, you know this, I know this, everybody knows this. They... I just didn't go as crazy as the anti-war Democrats. Oh, that was all it was. Is once the Dixiecrats left, there was nothing to hold the Democrats back, right? And they just plunged off the cliff, and and the, the Republicans are, are on their pogo sticks, bouncing towards the cliff um, at a very fast rate. But you've seen, legally
0: speaking, all of the all of the the. Uh prophecies of Dabney come true when it comes to women now they're complaining that they're you know they're making 70 cents to the dollar for men in in an institution by the way lying about that let's just get that out front they're lying about that they're getting you know when you actually break the numbers out to be equitable they're making a little bit more than men so what they're saying is a lie on its face but this is their calling card To provide women with additional rights to establish what they call equity in the workspace. This is their argument. This is how they build the new order that they want established. Is by giving men fewer rights to compensate for the weakness of women when it comes to the workspace. Uh, I don't know that Dabney could have foreseen that. He foresaw it going in a different direction. But now what they're using is the force of law to force men into an inferior position. Because as he predicted, when women go into the workspace and they become quote-unquote equal with men, they just become lesser opponents of men in the workspace. They are not as competent in these workspaces as men. They are not as strong as men in these workspaces, and they are not as capable of fulfilling their positions, simply because, as the scriptures say, women are the weaker vessel. Now, all of the feminists right now, if we have any at all that listen to our podcast, are instantly reeing at what we're saying. This is the reality, and this is something that even the scriptures acknowledge. And Dabney quotes five different passages in order to demonstrate his point. And by removing these protections of a man, by saying that women are out from under men, they should be able to uh, uh, have these social institutions just as much as men because they are the governed, and the government cannot cons- cannot rule without the consent of the governed because of that now they're undermining everything from the workspace to marriage to uh their responsibilities to their children
1: and and everywhere you turn men are getting screwed 100% yeah. um because because you can't just give someone the rights like when when you start just dishing out rights all willy-nilly or out like um you you essentially have to create uber rights uh james white talks about this but uh when you start you know not discriminating and everyone's the same you have to and you want equality of outcome you have to give these people more rights than the than the um more able-bodied because well that's how to make everything fair right so men are constantly looked down to or down on and, and incited against like, let's just take divorce proceedings. All right. Men are more likely to get absolutely screwed over uh, when, when it comes to alimony, child support, et cetera, et cetera, in the court systems. Um, because, well, that's you know, just the way things are now. Um, well, go even go look at
0: uh, you know jurisprudence and law enforcement. Go look at the Duluth method. The Duluth method assumes that when a woman brings forth a case of abuse, uh, 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 when a woman brings forth a case of abuse against the men, it is the inherent assumption of law enforcement proceedings that the man has has committed some act, and it is not taken as as such that a man has the the benefit of the doubt. It is just automatically assumed as to the kind of crime that he committed and not that he is, that maybe he hasn't committed a crime.
1: Well, yeah, and and, and we we are no longer as men um, innocent until proven guilty. Of course, we can argue that in, in wine America, no, none of us are innocent until proven guilty. We're all guilty, period, end of the story. Um but we're but talking least, about a
0: difference between actual law enforcement procedures versus, uh, this assumption where they override law.
1: Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, no, 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 that, that, I'm, that's, you know, I'm kind of getting to the same thing, like, men are automatically assumed to be guilty when the police come to the scene. Um, uh, even if the, even if the man calls in and says, my wife's hitting on me, he's still probably going to jail for domestic violence at night. And, and that's, um, and that's happened a lot. Yes, yes. Um, very common, very common. And, and it all has to go, you know, it goes back to these uh, women getting these extra, extra rights within a society and um, us not being, not us not calling it out for what it is. And most of it's evil. It's evil uh, because in order to, when you give these Uber rights away, you are then perverting justice. Uh, when, when it actually interacts with justice. So,
0: to kind of to to kind of book in this, uh, you know, there's a there's a a doctor, uh, uh, he's a psychologist. I believe he's a psychologist. I'll have to double check that. But uh, his name is Warren Farrell, uh, Dr. Warren Farrell. Note that this man is a liberal, a, a very hard lefty. He's in favor of the progressivism. He's written several books. Uh, The Myth of Male Power, The Boy Crisis, and Women Can't Hear What Men Don't Say are a few books that are in this vein. He's been systematically excised from any of the leftist groups because it is his position that since we have acquired legitimate rights for women, which we are arguing against that position, but... He believes that since we've acquired proper rights for women, we now need to reevaluate what rights should be given to men. He is a pariah among leftist circles, and they call him a white supremacist, they call him a sexist, they call him a misogynist, they call him all of the buzzwords because he points out that now men are underappreciated in law, They're underappreciated in society, and they're unappreciated in the workspace. And his efforts have been, under this new paradigm, to balance out the scales now that women have been given additional rights. So we see that even within their own circles, there are people who, if honest, when they look at the situation, acknowledge that men are being overridden by women and this is a direct direct result of the ideological framework from which
1: these people are working and i think that was all by design when we look at the actual goals of women's rights it, it was to destroy the family structure as they known it uh they considered being a homemaker oppressive uh they considered um being under male male uh protection or male uh leadership was was you know oppressive and they wanted to to free themselves of that and when you do that then they're just going to keep you know men still have this this need to try to protect them so that's why they're creating these these laws in order to uh to um basically the state becomes their protector and uh because it's always going to have this power balance like women are going to have protectors either you know either way it's not whether but which protector are they going to have and uh it it changed from the husband to the state and uh yeah the, the women tend to give give higher uh feedback to the state of course i mean if you look at the whole demographic of of married women versus single women uh you you can really see a difference there in the, in their voting patterns you know married women do tend to go more with their husband and uh be more conservative i guess you could say uh versus single women who are you know tend to go very far left yeah that was a rabbit trail but anyways
0: uh so an anecdote um my wife knows a, a lady who was you know sexually assaulted and you know my my wife brought this up to me that if this if this lady had had the protection of her father, her brothers, and the other men in her life, if she were sexually assaulted, the men would go out of their way to ensure that this this man who's violated their, their uh, family member has been brought to justice. When a woman's been violated like that, she has an element of shame and this is this is one of the one of the factors that goes into women not coming forward and this is this is why there's a hesitancy to believe women who go about shouting their sexual assault encounter because when women do get into these situations most of the time they don't talk about it, and they don't talk about it because they're ashamed that they've been violated if there's a man there then the man can give her that proper cover where she's not being publicized. The man is going out there and is taking the brunt of the uh, abuse, the questioning, the attacks that are going to come her way, and he will absorb that for her. Because he's putting her in an honored position of being that person who is to be protected, in this time of her being vulnerable. You'll also see this with men, by the way. Not that there's an egalitarian position coming from, you know, not, not that I hold any egalitarian position, but you'll also see this from men. Men tend to, if, if one of their friends have been assaulted, they're going to go to defense of their, of their friend or their family member. Because men are much more uh, rational and logical about the stuff instead of being emotional. So part of Dabney's argument is that women, since they're overcome by passions, um, are going to be ruled by those passions in the way that they vote. And this is something that this this Yankee tendency to take advantage of this, where I'm just going to create a new voting base. In this case, it's women. Before that, it was uh, the, the the lower class people, both black and white. And then after that, now we're to the point where it's illegal immigrants. This is the same argument. And they're locked into it. They can't they can't uh, they can't divert from it without making themselves to
1: be fools. Right, and, and essentially you're just always gonna get what you want when you're that ruling class setting which demographic is to vote because right. well, you're you're controlling that flow. Uh you're controlling that spigot if it were. Um so as I was saying earlier, um, that the entire goal was um, for for this women's rights move women's rights movement was to to destabilize the marriage, the government the government that is marriage if I can get that out right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways. Because that, that the, the family unit is the central pillar for which any community is bound upon or is built upon. And when that crumbles, the society above it crumbles. So women, by and large, women did not want universal suffrage because they knew what came along with that. It came, you know, registering for conscription. Um, it came uh, volunteering uh, at the fire department. Uh, being on the jury, et cetera, et cetera, so women typically didn't want the right to vote uh because there's a lot of other responsibilities that they really didn't want, but that's neither here nor there the the family unit was was set up in such a way that when the man went out and cast his vote, he was thinking of his his mother, his wife, and his his children, not in that particular order but he was thinking about the women in his life and and how he could best protect them by casting his vote either which way. Um, so it's not like the man was going out and being a tyrant. No, he genuinely cared about the women that 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 was under his under his care. As it was in most Christian societies. Uh, one thing we often we often you know glance over is that un, in Christian societies women had a very honored role versus even the pagan, versus the pagan societies. And and that's because, you know, she was Mrs. Whoever she was married to. And that gave her a status that was, you know, whatever status he was at, she was, she was his equal. Uh, But she did not go to war because she was not equipped for war. The same reason way he didn't, you know, he couldn't nurse children. But they were equal in that society, and, and most feminists are, are don't see it that way because they, they 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 don't see the woman being the man. And yeah,
0: that's good. So the 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 people that you're you're talking about, the ones that so people forget that you know the the heart the radical abolitionists uh, that came from the north, the the Yankees, and now these women's rights suffrages uh, suffragettes the the women of both sexes um a lot of these people were communists. people forget this they were they were actual marxist communists um they were the 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 you know the marxes the the marxists the lenins the 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 trotskys that's the kind of ideology that these people held. they wanted the ultimate disintegration of the west. And they wanted it because they were internationalists, and they saw that the, the three bases of Western civilization, um, especially, specifically in America, was the Christian religion, English common law, and the idea of the nuclear family. So when you talk about men going out and voting for their whole family, this is what was meant by the nuclear family there was a headship where a man took the authority over his family and went out and represented them by his vote this has been lost because now we don't even we don't even represent you know by and large we don't represent our whole family with our vote our wife sometimes i've heard quite a bit of people whose wives vote contrary to what the men vote the men don't have authority in their own home even when it comes to political decisions.
1: That's always baffled me. Like, why would you both not just stay home and not vote like if you're gonna vote opposite one another, just save that time, don't vote.
0: Well, because it's about their right to vote. It's all about me, 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 and the and, and the novelty of going out there and making quote unquote your voice heard and speaking truth to power. Yeah. But I don't know. But Dabney touches on this and this disintegrates marriage. Um, my, my, uh, my, uh my favorite quote of this, by the way, uh, he says, the abolition of marriage would follow again by another cause. The divergent interests and rival independence of the two equal wills would be irreconcilable with domestic government or union or peace. Shall the children of this monstrous no union be held responsible For the two variant, coordinate and supreme wills at once? Heaven pity the children. Shall two party shall the two parties to this perpetual co partnership have neither the power to secure the performance of the mutual duties, nor to dissolve it? It is a self contradiction, an impossible absurdity. Such a co partnership of equals with independent interests must be separate separable at will, as all other such co-partnerships are. The only relation between the sexes which will remain will be a cohabitation continuing so long as the convenience or the caprice of both parties may suggest. And this, with most, will amount to a vagrant concubinage. You're basically a whore at this point.
1: Yeah, literally. You're, you don't you're, get paid as
0: well. You, yeah, you're selling your body so that you two can work together that's what marriage will become and he's right that's what marriage has become
1: yeah so uh, it's definitely more of a me- mechanistic type view um there it's like biological machines there, there's nothing else outside of outside like there's there's nothing metaphysical about it there's there's nothing ontological about marriage in these people's view it's just it's just something you sometimes do now you don't even even have to do it because you know you can just reproduce and create bastards and it really doesn't matter because it doesn't matter who their daddy is
0: uh right well it's um crap i just had a brain fart i'm sorry go ahead
1: no no it's it's fine oh i mean because think about it you're you're who your dad used to be you know who your daddy is used to mean something it still does in many parts uh uh went and talked to some you know good old boys and and they asked hey hey who's your daddy because that's just something you ask in the south to figure out if you know the person or whatever right but um yeah but a lot of people don't know who their daddy is like at all like i can count several right now that doesn't know who their dad is. I mean, they might've met him once or twice, but yeah, it's just whatever, but this is a direct result of women's rights and women breaking down the, well, not even just women, but women and men both breaking down this societal fabric. That is the family. Um, you can have children without, uh, ever actually entering into covenant with somebody. You can milk the cow without actually buying it.
0: Well, one of my, um, one of the 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 best things that I've seen in in lines, uh, you know, in, in these in this line of, of thought, if you listen to, to Stefan Molyneux, uh, he can call out when people are children of single mothers. I've seen him do it so many times, where there are so many defects in the way that that person thinks and how they live their life, you can just tell it on its face, and you can call it. Um, and, and there's there's times, uh you know, occasionally when you're wrong when you call that. But most of the time you can call it if they're if they're a single a single mother child. And it's there's there's this lack of discipline and there's this entitlement uh because the mother is ruled by her passions and she doesn't have any kind of authority over her to rein in that 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 proclivity.
1: And and also it goes into um the the children you know, they're, they, they're not ever taught how to be submissive. They like, so the, the boys aren't taught how to be submissive to the magistrate. Uh, the girls aren't taught how to be submissive to a husband, uh, because the mother never modeled that submissiveness. So then you just start getting a, um, a constant lineage of, of, um, unfathered children. Even if they had a father, they had, they were basically unfathered if they, if their, their dad basically let their woman, um, Run around and run roughshod over. Them. Okay, so you have these absent fathers that aren't actually raising the children the way that they, you know, they should be raised, and it's just a cascading effect till till now you have a have a high propensity of of unwed mothers, and now these this next generation is just going to be raised by 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 grandmothers and and single mothers. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's just it's just a cycle that's that it's not gonna stop until we start calling men out on their bullcrap Yeah, and, and calling women out on their bull crap. Okay, we we need to start doing that. Or, or as
0: Dabney says, addressing the females of both sexes. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> biggest yes. burn,
0: biggest burn. I love it. <laughs> uh,
1: but but seriously, like like just. So, so right now where we sit, me and you, we we sit in the, we sit in this weird time that there's tons of bastards around us everywhere, uh, and I'm using that in the literal sense. Yeah, know. the
0: technical definition.
1: Right. Um. We're we're surrounded by them. I mean, I'm sure you could count ten on the top of your hand. You're know, on your you know yeah. just off the top of your head. So we need to show them like me and you, we both we both were raised in a uh, in a stable household. So I'm I'm having to uh, show others like this is how I was raised. Like I was raised normal. I don't I don't understand why, you know, what your major malfunction is. So I've I've had to I've had to show kids, uh, teenagers, how to use can openers because no one taught them how to use a can opener. Just as one example, like your father should teach you how to use a can opener, but you ain't got a father, so whatever. But well,
0: I mean, and and just generally, you see certain modes of being that that you know don't work in reality. You see people being belligerent. And you, I mean, these kids being belligerent—they got no respect for their elders. They've got no respect for uh, the 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 traditions that that have been that have been established for them they've got no respect for what it takes to make and to maintain a thing and so you know part of a part of being a man is that you impart that to them you know the way that i discipline children is much different than the way that my my wife does and that is in part due to our roles my my wife is a nurturer and she's a um she's one who's there to to help their minds become fertile in a way that they can they can learn and understand very readily and I'm much more the disciplinarian and the you know one of the battles of the sexes why does why do children listen to the dad voice well because the dad commands authority in his own home the the, the real father commands authority in his home the child will will instantly become rigid upon the father's the father's voice being announced uh in displeasure and that and that's a good thing uh and that shouldn't necessarily be the case with the mother because the mother's not there to be a a rigid disciplinarian per se although discipline's part of it she's there to help cultivate their minds so that they can become more uh, uh, uh so that they can He's there to cultivate their minds so that they can be educated, and a man is there to provide, you know, the 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 primary source of that education through discipline.
1: So, how we we've laid out we've laid out a lot of stuff that's actually wrong with the the whole women's rights. I mean, the, a lot of stuff that we we could trace directly back to to women's rights um I've i mentioned at the beginning of this podcast um roe v wade even obergefell we can trace back to women's rights uh gun control laws we can trace back to women voting um because it's never going to occur to a man to, to ban a gun republican um, trainees and whores yes but how do we fix this so so we're this far gone um Surely though, there's got to be some ways that we can turn the tide because right now in the great state of Alabama, we have a have a damned Yankee woman uh, claims to be from Alabama, but she is she sounds just like a Yankee. So I'm going to call like a hear him. And she's she's the conservative voice for for the Alabama Republican Party running for the Senate. And she's a woman. And I know that's not a conservative position. So so how how all that to say all that to say is how do we um start turning the tide locally against these against these uh these long trains of abuses
0: well i so there's there's two there's two primary things uh first is for men to be men men have to fully inhabit the role that God has given to them. And to submit to the authority of God when it comes to what is a man to do in his home. If, for instance, your wife is going to a church where they are polluting her mind with doctrines of demons, you tell her not to go. You don't let her go. You tell her why you're not letting her go, and you lead the way by going to a church... Or forming a church, for that matter, that's going to properly teach the Word of God, and that's going to lead your family according to the Scriptures. You need to inhabit the the roles of God the Father when you're disciplining your children, either positively or negatively. And you need to inhabit the role of God the Son when you're dealing with your wife. Deal with your wife according to knowledge. Love her. Um... Uh, die daily for her, do for her don't let don't treat her as an equal. you treat her as your glory. You know, man was made to be the glory of God, and woman was made to be the glory of man. This is how God established the home, and we've abandoned this in almost entirely I see even in the south, we've abandoned this, and churches are primarily a woman's realm The women run the churches and it's and it's the 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 if 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 to be a little spicy here it's the prattling harpies that get to change most churches into whatever they want them to be and the our, our pastors have given over authority to these women in that and if if the women are displeased they instantly change or try to adjust to compensate for whatever their their desires are. This needs to be addressed.
1: Oh, uh, you just went from preaching to
0: meddling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so it seems like there's a theme a theme going on with this Dabney on Fire" book. He starts off in the uh in the very first essay, the uh, responsibility of the parents. Uh, quoting from Malachi, and as you uh, alluded to—well, you didn't allude to it; you flat-out said it. Uh, Malachi, the, the main gist of the book was men turning their hearts back to their wives, and I don't think that can be overestimated.
0: Um, well, I mean, it's know. it's the practical sum of what needs to change first. This is the this is step one. This is the step one. And the yeah. step two is that when men start to inhabit these roles, and they actually provide for women, the 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 services of a man in their relationships, and they provide this protective barrier for the women, then it is incumbent upon the women to be submissive to that. From the scriptures, you are not to be his punching bag. That nobody's claiming that, which is a lot of this pushback. There are protections for you if he is abusing you in that way, and there are godly protections for this you have you have brothers, you have a father, you have a pastor who would protect you if these and 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 they do and they do now and I support those those pastors and husband and 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 brothers who support their their family members and their parishioners uh when they come under abuse by their husband, quite a few husbands who have been uh, uh, cowed by the, the overwhelming number of men who step forward to defend a woman in distress. Either that be an immediate distress or a long-term distress. And that's proper and good, and I will always defend that. And, and you know, rapists, have, rapists ought to get the death penalty. So we're not advocating for any abuse of women. What we are advocating for is the proper protections to be, resp- to be restored for women. So that women could actually inhabit the role that they were intended.
1: No, you said proper protections. This we aren't talking about white knighting here. Correct. Men are supposed to protect their wives. You can't really white knight your 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 wife. You can, but you're technically kind of supposed to. But anyways, technically, I'm already white. So
0: if I knight <laughs> at all, I am a white knight.
1: That's right. <laughs> But, but, but but yeah, I mean, proper protection is a must. Like, God's law calls for proper protection of women. God's law protects women to the nth degree. But it's also condemns women just as much as, as it condemns men. So, um, it, the problem is, is I, think, I think, when we start hitting too close to the women's rights issues, we start getting those that hate women, and that's cringe. Um, we well, shouldn't hate women. Well, they're but the kind, there, but but there's a lot of women's sins that need does need to be addressed, and they haven't been called out. Uh, women need to be called whores sometimes because if they act like whores, they should be called whores.
0: Well, um, I mean the, the 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 feminist retaliation to that is, well, why don't you call men whores when they're whoring around? And the answer to that is, we do. Uh, this is this is the the kind of thing that Dabney called out about the these. Uh, brutalized, brutalizing men, the men who are just going to take advantage. Well, you're an equal, aren't you? You know the example he gives in his book. the The example he gives in the essay is this: this This woman walks into a train and she wants a seat, and she's imploring everybody for a seat, and nobody will give her one. And so she goes all the way up to talk to the um, to the engineer, and the engineer shuts the door in her face. And so she comes up to an old man and she, you know, she's going to ask for a seat and he says, "Oh, well, I don't mind giving my seat to a lady. Uh, but a question first. Are you one of these women's rights activists?" And she says, "Absolutely. I was an abolitionist and now I'm a women's rights activist." He said, "Well, if you want to get treated like men, then find your own seat like a man." This is the kind of attitude that men are going to naturally acquire when women are given these additional liberties above and beyond what they're already given. Because there are entire realms that women are given that men aren't supposed to invade, and that's proper. She's been given this, this this realm, and she is the ruler of that realm as delegated by the husband.
1: See, women, each and every one of you that's married is a queen, and your husband is your king. So. Feel that role well. I mean, that, that's a high calling, and, and you n- nobody should be ashamed of that. Really, they shouldn't. But um, anyways,
0: well, I mean the, the the response to this. I've had plenty of these arguments. The response to this is that some men are tyrants, and the answer is that you know men who are tyrants to their to their their wives ought to be called out for being tyrants, and they ought to be yeah. disciplined by the church and by the other men of of their community being a tyrant
1: but but could we just look at the the also the the other side of this abuse train like if we if we want to compare abuses let, let's compare the egalitarian abuse we're expecting women to do what men do when they clearly can't um for the feminist they shouldn't have a single problem with domestic abuse because women women and men are equal right
0: well, but this is this is where their Hegelian nature comes in. This is their Marxism. This is Hegelianism. They don't the 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 idea is not to settle upon a truth and to have an ending truth at which we are to arrive. It is an ever steady stream of progress, which simply means to them change. And and they don't care about because they don't believe in an absolute truth. Ultimately, they don't believe in an absolute truth what they believe is, is they believe in power dynamics. And so if they have to lie to gain power, they'll do it. And so, you know, the the having women as an oppressed class, they get to have all of the responsibilities of being a woman, all the power of being a woman, all the power of being women, but now they get to assume the roles of being men as well. And the reality is that most women can't handle both roles so they naturally fall into the role that they've been designed for um but there are some women who can handle this separation you know even you know dabney uh dabney mentions queen elizabeth who can handle this position in some ways but you know even then m- many of these women become You know, bitter old cat ladies because they've abandoned the natural use of their body to bear children, and they are extremely unfulfilled with making a million dollars a year, but having no children.
1: See, I've I've got—I know the the stereotypical um, second wave feminist, uh, you know, woman. I, I think she was second wave, but that was the boomers, right? The whole sexual revolution. Yeah yeah well she she's childless right now, and she's um in her sixties or seventies and blind my my uncle just died uh leaving her basically by herself, literally by herself she has no family you know and and it it's just sad because she's alone, no one to help her out with you know going to the the doctor. Or anything like that. She's just an unhealthy, old, bitter woman, and and, the, uh,
0: and her family that would help her doesn't come to her aid because she's bitter about everything.
1: Yeah, but she's a typical example, and I see many of these. Uh, most of them are retiring down here, so
0: God help your state.
1: Well, the good thing is, is they're retiring down here, and uh, they'll be dead soon. <laughs> that at least they're not breeding, right?
0: At least that, that is the, 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 the one silver lining to liberalism. It usually ends in you know, whatever venture they have, their reforms of the, of, of the marriage, their, their openness to sexual deviancy and depravity, and you know their, their desire and designs for women all become sterile by necessity. The the family becomes a one or two child family. A one or two child family. Uh, they accept and advocate for homosexuals. They advocate for transgenders. And they advocate for old cat ladies who are bitter at the world because they didn't have any children. Yep. So I think the final conclusion that Dabney has in this essay is the right conclusion. He's saying that A society who's going to so abandon the roles of men and women and the roles of societal structures and traditions um, are going to reap the direct rewards, the evils that come from this neglect. And God is going to avenge himself against a nation who so far removes themselves from his created structure in nature. When we do this, we're literally fighting nature, even if we don't realize what we're doing. And I would venture to say that a lot of people in modernity don't realize that they're fighting nature. They think that nature is infinitely malleable. And I think it was us having this conversation uh, a few days ago we're going you know there there is some malleability to nature. nature is in some sense elastic, but we have pushed the boundaries so far in all directions that the clapback that that nature is going to have the 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 backlash is going to be greatly amplified because not only have we done this with the family. We've also done this with education. We've also done this with monetary policy. We've also done this with foreign policy, and we're also doing this with immigration. And everything that we're doing in our society is for naught because we've trapped ourselves by our own sinfulness. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening in on our podcast. If you like what you hear, please share and comment wherever you're listening to it. And check out our Gab page at Dixie Polis Podcast. If you want to contact us, please send an email to polis at protonmail.com or send us a message on Gap. If you like the music we're playing, hang out a little while and let the song finish. It's Wayfaring Stranger by Southern Raised, and you can listen to them on YouTube or go to the website at southernraisedbluegrass.com. God bless y'all. I know dark clouds will gather around me know my way Is rough and steep